A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to After Work Drinks. Your oh, wait, Izzy, wait, 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 wait. What? I haven't updated my audio preference. Thank God. Okay, here we go. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, live from live. Williamsburg. <laughs> what the fuck? I was about to do the same thing. I was about to be live from New York City, but that was, it was your line because you're there. Live from New York City. Hi. I'm, I'm so jealous you're in New York. Izzy, I was interested to what this Skype call would be like because before we recorded the podcast, my last time talking to Izzy was a drunken Skype, uh, like drunken FaceTime phone call. Last time. 24 hours earlier. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny because I looked back, I, I literally this morning was like, what are we talking about on the podcast? And then um, my friend Geordie, who I'm with, was like, you guys discussed that in length last night. And so I'd scrolled back through my messages and then you were like, um, you sent me everything you wanted to talk about. And then I replied, I am so drunk. And then you replied like, lol. And I was like, and crying. And then you called me straight away. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and crying. I know. It was so good. And then Izzy was, like, crying, but then she cheered up, and then she hung up, and then I got all these video messages through of her in a bucket hat with an umbrella just dancing around. No, and holding an like, ironing board. I was like, seems like she's perked up. Yeah, holding an ironing board and um, dancing to the Spice Girls about 10 minutes after crying. I know. Like, so, so white girl wasted. Fun New York nights. Tell us, what did you do? What's everything that you did in New York? Um, okay, so I have a funny story that I wanted to wait to tell you till now. So we got uh, my friend Matt staying at the Williamsburg Hotel in Brooklyn, which is so, so nice, and it has this ridiculous rooftop pool. So we spent the day there yesterday and just were drinking Frosés. And because in America, like, they're so heavy-handed with their pouring that I mm-hmm. had 
a couple of drinks and was out like having a deep and meaningful with this woman about her teenage daughter and how she would like handle mm -hmm. her relationship with her. And then oh anyway, then we came back to the hotel room. We would, this is when I call you crying. We'd have a little dance. And then I, this morning was like, Oh my God, we went to flying Lotus. <laughs> like we got weirdly just decided to go to this gig. And oh, the, the, the band. Like, yeah, the musician. And so we paid 40 US dollars and went into a flying lotus at some um, like garage in New York. That's so cool. Yeah. And we had uh, what we a had, cool New York story. How was it? We had a bunch of friends there. But the funniest thing so, firstly, Geordie reminded me this, this morning that when I was trying to go inside, the bouncer wouldn't let me in because he thought my rescue remedy was drugs. <laughs> You're like, I'm actually just a very naturally anxious person. So. <laughs> yeah. and, then she said, like, and then when I was talking to him, I was explaining what Rescue Remedy was and why I needed it and all of this. And then by the end of it, he was like, oh, can I take a photo? I need to get my girlfriend some of that. <laughs> I was like, yep. And then we got oh, in there and we needed to wear 3D glasses because for the show. And so we had these red 3D glasses on, just like plastic. And then this morning I wake up and I leave – my friend's apartment in Brooklyn and walk outside and I open my Celine sunglasses case, <laughs> my Celine sunglasses case to pull them out and it's red 3D glasses. And I was like, what the oh fuck? My God. <laughs> but I was like, where are my glasses and why did I put these inside? Like, I obviously thought it was going to be so funny. <laughs> to yourself the next yeah. day. Oh um, my God, did you find the other ones? Yeah, they were at um, my friend's hotel. That's so funny. Yeah. And then um, – what else? And then today we, what have we done? Just nothing. I've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians on the couch and it's so funny. Every time I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I'm just like, they are so, so funny. Really? I've never watched a full episode of it before. Do you think I need to? Yes. I feel like I would watch it if it was on TV, but I don't, it's never on TV. Um, no, it's so good. Basically, Kim and Courtney. Kim, and, Kim was telling Courtney that she has a work ethic and then she was just like, you just don't even have a real job. And then she goes, and yes. you're, the least, you're the least interesting one to look at. Oh, my God, to her own sister. Yeah. She's so Kind of true, though. It is, yeah. Um, how are you? I'm good. I've, I've had, like, the opposite of you. I was out for my friends going away thing last night and I left at, like, 10.30 and went to bed and watched The Killing. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just in, I know. It's like the dead of winter here, though. I'm just not in a mood to do anything remotely fun. Mm. I watched Chern Chernobyl on the plane. Oh, did you like it? Yeah. It's so heavy, but it's the best. Yeah. i am still got one episode to go. Yeah, that's good. But it's really good. I know it's been, like, a little while, but did you watch the VMAs? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I didn't really watch them, but I saw the red carpet. Mm. What, what did you think? What was Bella wearing? Yeah. And someone was like, oh, she styled a dress as a skirt or something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she just goes so intense all the time. I know. She just, I just think she just wants to show off her crazy body. Mm. Same. Yeah. I would. And <laughs> I would too. And then, yeah, I don't know about anyone else. I feel like the VMAs is always a little bit random. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I can't deal that 
account doesn't Miley brought Caitlin Carter. Did she? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was like backstage with her. Ooh. That would be kind of a, a cool story if they started dating. I mean, it would be a bit soon, but. Well, I think they are dating. Oh, they are. Full- yeah, right. Yeah. God. God, Miley in the VMAs, it's like this black hole that just draws her back into her, like, yeah. crazy ways. Yeah. Um, also, I, like, because it's been 10 years since that Kanye Taylor Swift drama, and so mm-hmm. I started reading this article about a guy who was working on that night, and he said that Taylor Swift came backstage and was bawling her eyes out, and her mum, she was crying with her mum, and then he said mm. he turned around and Beyonce was bawling her eyes out, and he was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And Beyonce's bawling her eyes out, and then Beyonce was going to leave, and he had to go up to her and be like, you're about to w- to win the next award. Why don't you invite Taylor on stage? And then so Beyonce oh. won the next award, and she invited Taylor on stage to do her speech. Right. Oh, well, then Beyonce just got fucked two ways, basically. Yeah. So she, yeah. Win the award she should have, and then won the award she did win, and, like, gave it to Taylor. Um, Taylor Swift to be anyway. That's actually a good segue because I wanted to talk to you about this because I read a big The Guardian profile on Taylor Swift and it undid all of the good work done by the Vogue article, which made me like her again. Oh, wow! I just remembered all the reasons why I find her aggravating, and a lot of it has to do with that VMAs Kanye West thing. Because yes, Kanye didn't go about it in the best way, but the VMAs and the Grammys do have a racism problem. And I think that this whole time Taylor Swift has never, ever, ever, ever once acknowledged the fact that, yeah, Beyonce so obviously should have won for that video. And, yes, she gets a really high number of awards and accolades and recognition in a way that black artists don't just because she's white. And she always kind of spins this narrative of poor little old me like I'm like this poor girl who's just trying to make her way in the world and people keep attacking me and people keep doing it for no reason whereas it's like step away from it and realize it's not about you for a minute and Mm. maybe think critically for like five seconds about why this keeps happening and then make us like a powerful statement about it it's just yeah it just bothers me that even now it's been 10 years and she had that fight with Nicki Minaj a couple of years ago as well do you remember not really what was that about human eyes was like there's no women nominated for the best hip-hop video category or the best music video category or maybe taylor swift was nominated but there was no women of color nominated and taylor swift took it personally and clapped back and was like maybe you should wonder why there's so many men in the category and not why there's maybe that's why you didn't get a spot or something and i'm it just it just annoys me because i feel like so much about her is about this micro-attention to detail and this obsession over how she's perceived and this obsession over her own image and she's just spent no time critically thinking about the role that race plays in that. Mm. And I think that's a really gaping blind spot in her whole persona and it just frustrates me because I think that there's this extra level to the Kanye West drama. Like I think I think there's something insidious about you sitting and planning with a guy that he's going to say quotes about you and you laugh and joke about it like we're going to do it and it's going to be a banter thing and everyone's going to think that it's outrageous and then we're going to show them that we're actually tight and then spinning it on its head at the time and being like, I had no idea about this. Like this is so horrible and mean to me and why does he keep attack- attacking me and blah, blah, blah. It's got this kind of awkward predatory black man, poor white woman mm. 
yeah. kind of vibe that, I, and I think that she probably not intentionally, but she taps into that when it helps her because it makes her look like a sweet, pure, innocent victim. But also, the Grammys are so racist. I don't know how it's, we just. It's out of control. The history of racism in those institutions, mm. like. In an industry where almost every single major player right now is African-American. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce, Kanye, Jay-Z, Kendrick, Alicia Keys, like all of the rappers. Like, you know what I mean? All, so many of the key people and they still don't get recognised. Like you still give it to Adele and Taylor Swift at every single opportunity. Yeah. Or like there was someone so random that won once over Kendrick Lamar. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, fucking Macklemore won Best Rap Album over Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Has anyone even heard that album? Like, no one. It's such a disgrace. And even Macklemore being in the rap category is insane. Mm. Mumford and Sons beat Frank Ocean for, like, so best so artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, so disgraceful. I just, yeah, I think that... What was the like? What was she saying in that article? Was she saying things in that article that were poor me? It was just a bit like when she talked about the, the Kim and Kanye thing in twenty sixteen. She was like, "Oh, here's an excerpt from my diary, and it starts with the apocalypse has happened." And I was like, "This is your fault. Like, this is entirely your fucking fault. Like, yeah. you." try to play both sides and it backfired and you're acting as if like Kim and Kanye have orchestrated a two-pronged strategy to bring you down. They just highlighted you being hypocritical and she's never ever and she was like you know when you're a woman people just want to tear you down and like I had to get past even that song you need to calm down when I was listening to the lyrics of that and then I watched the music video I was like wait 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 because the first verse is like everyone's being mean to me on Twitter that snakes and stones don't break my bones, obviously meaning the Kim Kanye mm. snake drama. And then the next verse is about people who write homophobic things and picket like gay rights festivals. And she's, but the chorus is the same. So you're kind of trying to conflate like homophobic hate speech and you getting shit on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not the same. I love this 180. I love this Taylor 180. I also love that we, how much we're talking about Taylor Swift for people who like don't even listen to her music really. I don't really listen to her music ever. I listened to that song and I was like, oh, I like this. And then I, I, was just, and then I like, I wish you could have just seen my face. I was on the train or something. And I started listening to the words like after the third or fourth time. And I was like, what? Like I was just frowning. I was yeah. like, oh, what is she saying? And then I Googled the lyrics. And the music video is just the most naff thing of all time. It's like a who's who of gay icons in America. And then at the end, her and Katy Perry, like, hug it out. And I'm like, what is this narrative? Like, give gay people rights, but also me and Katy Perry are friends again. And that's um, somehow related. Side note, how hilarious is it that Kim Kardashian filmed that? Filmed what? Filmed her and Kanye on the phone. No, Kanye filmed it. Kanye films because he's a lunatic. He films everything that happens ever in <laughs> oh. secret. 
So he filmed every single meeting, every single conversation, everything to do with his albums, everything is filmed for posterity's sake. But Swifty didn't know that that was being filmed. So Kim knew it was there, so she, like, got the footage off Kanye and released it. Amazing. Yeah. That is pretty funny. I I think it's awesome. But she, to have Taylor's back a little bit, she did say that she knew there was lines in it, but she didn't know I made that bitch famous, wasn't it? Yes, but to come back with it, it's very, very disingenuous for that song to come out and be like, oh, my God, I thought the beef was behind us. Why did you do this? Mm. And then to later be like, well, I knew about 80% of the lyrics, but not this last 20%. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if you were being genuine, you would come out and be, be like, hey, actually, me and Kanye, like, talked about this and we we're going to do this whole thing where we surprised you. But, like, the lyrics that I knew was different to this one and now I'm upset. Like, that's yeah, what you totally. say. You don't so act weird. like the whole thing. I just think it's real devious behaviour. We hate you, Taylor. <laughs> no, we don't hate you. We just want you to – I don't know. I'm just like just – Think critically, you know, that Kanye West thing when he storms the stage, it wasn't about you. It was about this whole history. It's I just, sorry to get on a high horse about it, but you're literally gaslighting a whole group of people, of African-American people, by refusing to acknowledge their art. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when you refuse to acknowledge that Beyonce's single ladies video is better than Taylor Swift's whatever the fuck video it was. You're literally gaslighting the whole country because it's just objectively better. Like, it, like that's one of the most famous videos of all time. And when Beyonce got her on stage, I, I rewatched it on YouTube. It's like it's still up there. When Beyonce got her on stage, Taylor didn't say thank you to her. That's crazy. Don't you think that's crazy? I just think if Taylor Swift had, like, I understand 10 years ago not having this much self-awareness because she was very young, but now – not being able to look back and say, you know, that really, really hurt at the time. I was really embarrassed. But now that I look back, I can detach myself from the situation and see that it wasn't about me and he wasn't trying to attack me. He was trying to make a really bold statement and it's actually a statement that I really agree with. And it yeah. just sucks that, you know, And but, but the reason that that happened wasn't because of Kanye. It was because the industry has a racism problem and that's what I'm angry at. <laughs> floodgates have been opened I, I know like, I like that girl and then I read that whole article and I was like oh I love this I love your take on it because it is true all of it and I also love that that yeah Kanye walked onto the red carpet holding a bottle of whiskey yeah like Kanye's got his own shit like <laughs> that's like a pro Kanye thing like he like wears MAGA hats and stuff like I'm not his biggest fan either but I just <laughs> <laughs> the next episode can be about how Kanye's problem <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually just watched the Dave. So there's a new Dave Chappelle special out now. I'm just so – I'm in, like, such a bad mood about everyone, but I'm just so sick of these comedians <laughs> that I love being so annoying. Like, I love Dave Chappelle so much. I think he's a genius. But this special is – that just has so many fucking bad segments. He does this whole thing about the Michael Jackson kids, and it's just uh, terrible. I feel like with comedy, I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I never find it fucking funny when they talk about, I don't know, like weird sex things or like creepy things or like make jokes out of serious situations. I find it funny when they make jokes about the funniest time I've ever laughed is when a comedian was making jokes about you're not returning an overnight DVD when you're a kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
because you don't care and then your mum finds it in the couch and like screams out of the house like it's a used syringe a week later I was like this is funny why do people have to be so insane I think there's this thing they say in RuPaul's Drag Race a lot where it's like you can get away with almost anything if it is funny, like if it's genuinely funny. And I think the thing with comedians like Ricky Gervais is they make jokes about kids with cancer and AIDS and stuff and and people are like, oh, my God, you can't do that. But his joke isn't about the kid with cancer or the AIDS. It's about the out-awkwardness about that topic. Like that's where the comedy is. So it is actually funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, another thing that I loved reading this week was an interview with, is it Kristen Dunst or Kirsten Dunst? I don't know the order of the letters. I think it's Kirsten. Yeah, I think it is too. Kirsten Dunst um, did an interview with Porter's The Edit. But I, I have always been just ambivalent about Kirsten Dunst. I really like her, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah, she exists. But recently I've become really, really into her. Have you, did you watch Fargo? No. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, no. Um, <laughs> so she was in the second season of Fargo and at the time she was dating Garrett Hedlund, that, like, random hot guy. Mm-hmm. And in the show she was married to Jesse Plemons, who's the guy from Saturday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> and a bunch, he's in Breaking Bad and stuff. And he's such a good actor, but he's kind of like this cute little, he's like not so handsome guy. And they played husband and wife. And she fell in love with him on set and broke up with her fiance. And now, they're, now they have a baby. I love that so much. I love it so much. They kind of look like brother and sister, which is a bit weird. But anyway, it's cute. He's going to be like a huge kind of Philip Seymour Hoffman actor. I think he's really, really good. But he... She talks about him for the first time that I've read in this interview and she was like, yeah, we filmed together and because you're playing husband and wife, you kind of don't know if it's real, a thing or if you're just in this intense head. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com space and that's why so we didn't talk again for like a year and then when we saw each other it was just like and she was like we're just soulmates like that's she was like we're engaged we're not that worried about getting married like yeah everything's really really chill in that whole interview she was just like I I I like don't what was she saying about vanity she was like I don't care about how I look in movie roles I just want to do the work 
I don't care about losing my baby weight. Um, and I'm just buying bigger clothes that fit me. And she said she, yeah. shops, she shops on the real real. Yes, I know. I was like, woman after my own heart. And she said that she had a baby and she obviously put on weight and she was like, instead of worrying about losing it, I just sold all my shit and bought new shit. Yeah. She's so <laughs> I was fair. like, I love you so much. I just, I just realized reading that how rare it is for you to see any female celebrity talk like that about weight and it felt like such a refreshing kind of amazing almost liberating thing for someone to say I know that sounds a bit dramatic but I just think it's so so rare for you to get a female in the public eye to say yeah you know what like I put a bit of weight on but honestly I just don't care and I'm not worried about fitting into tiny clothes and I'd rather just buy new stuff and be happy with myself than starve myself yeah to fit into roles she's like I'm over that now I just want to do really good work yeah I know it's funny eh? you never ever ever hear people talk like that and, and you also I'm just getting over people not telling the truth yes I, I know I feel the same it's, way it's just so annoying like whether it's celebrities like models, whatever, no one tells the truth about how much they work out or what they eat to be the weight that they are. I think I was actually talking to some people about it at dinner last night and it was this thing where we we kind of don't allow them to tell the truth at the same time because remember Adriana Lima came out and said I only had liquids for seven days leading up to the Victoria's Secret, which I don't think should be that surprising considering that they all look like they have a a fat content of like 0.4% when they mm. walk on that runway and no one's bloated and no one has water retention and no one has anything. Yeah. And she got slammed for it. And I feel like she was just trying to be honest. Like, yeah, she was like, Oh, okay. I can't say that. I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know? It's so true. And we've, we've talked a lot about how there's this kind of acceptable level of honesty models and celebrities can have about their diet, mm. you know? Yeah, it's like I eat steamed veg and leafy greens and work out five times a week, and we're all like, okay, that's okay for you to say. Mm. But then everyone that I've been talking to, remember, you know, um, I can't remember if we've said this on the podcast. I don't think we have, but remember Book Smart when she finds out that everyone else is going to like Harvard and Brown as well. Ivy League schools and she runs around and shakes them all and screams what school are you going to this happened to me with intermittent fasting in LA like I just I I just talked to my friend and I was like oh I don't know that you're looking so good and then she was like yeah I just intermittent fast and then I and then I talked to someone else the next morning I was like are you gonna get breakfast and they're like no no I intermittent fast and then it was like me spinning around in circles, screaming at everyone, being like, do you intermittent fast? And they all do. Like this other, and this other chick who was with my friend was like, same. And then everyone. And then I came yeah. in and talked to you that night on the, like before we started recording the podcast. And I was like, Grace, every single human except for us in the entire world, intermittent fast. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's also intermittent fasting is kind of, I know that there are medical benefits to it, but it is in a way just starving yourself starving yourself or just or just like an excuse to not eat food for a long period of time you know what I mean Mm. I just get really I think the day that I read that Kirsten Dunst thing I had been I'd eaten unhealthy over the weekend and I was trying to eat like really minimally 
that week at work and I think I just had a coffee and a piece of fruit for breakfast and I was hungry and I was like, I'll just wait till lunch. And when I read that, I was like, oh, like, you're so right. I'm so sick of wasting all this time in my brain Mm. being concerned with what my body looks like and how often I'm eating and am I exercising enough and you shouldn't eat carbohydrates and don't eat sugar. And you know what I mean? It's just boring. I said that yesterday um, to my friend Jordy when we were at the pool. I was like, I hate so much that I feel um, like embarrassed to be in a bikini. And I was like, this is, Mm. I was like, I hate that so much because I also, I was like, would I ever not, you know, I don't think anyone will ever not feel like that, but I just want that thought out of my brain. Like I don't want to have to think about caring about what I look like when I'm trying to have fun on a New York rooftop Mm. in a bikini. I know it's like when we talked about that um, intuitive eating movement and how the author of that book said that, you know, women are always waiting for a better version of themselves, which means like a hotter version of their bodies to emerge and Mm. thinking that like a second life awaits when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're always like, well, when I get really skinny or like when I get really ripped or when I get so ripped that I look amazing in a bikini, then everything will will fall into place and it's so it's so silly and I do think it is that thing where you it's time you could spend thinking about other more important things like it's kind of we've been tricked into wasting a lot of our brain power focusing on what we look like and the reality is no one really cares except us no no one cares Izzy, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the link between anxiety and social media. I mean, a lot. It's something we're both super aware of, especially since we both suffer from anxiety. And pay a little too much attention to our Instagram grids. It seems to affect young women especially, which is why we're so proud to be partnering with Sports Girl on their Be That Girl campaign, which was created to help dismantle some of the more unrealistic standards that exist in the age of Instagram. SportsGill are encouraging women to celebrate and share their extraordinary images, the small moments in the everyday that make you happy instead of everything being so curated and perfect. And I love that they've partnered with women like Flex Mummy and Jade Tunchi. The thought of being able to post whatever you want on Instagram instead of worrying about what filter makes your left elbow look better is so appealing to me. Totally. It's Clarendon, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much to SportsGill for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. Head to sportsgill.com.au to find out more about Be That Girl. I just wish we could start a movement where tomorrow we're like every single celebrity and model just decides, I don't care tomorrow. And if every single person does it at the same time and we just have all these normal bodies. Yeah. And everyone will feel. Like I feel the best ever when I know that I'm working out because it's for my mental health, when I'm working Mm. out and just eating like, moderately healthy but for me food is such a huge part of my life like food is food makes me happy eating out having a red wine so I'm like I just feel happy when I know that I'm working out for my mental health and that I'm fit but I just Mm. but yeah it's crazy and it's one of those things that hasn't really been that in my face in LA weirdly enough I feel like less way less so than Sydney summer Really? Yeah, because here, I think as well, Australia, my friend, I was talking to to about this yesterday because I was like, I literally was saying to her, I was like, I hate so much that I feel like this. 
Um, and she was like, it's funny though, because Australia just holds everyone up to this really high standard. Like everyone in Australia, like they don't go, they don't, people don't go to the beach unless they look nice. Like it's this weird kind of thing more than here. And also mm. here, I don't know, there's, you're at the beach less. It's less yeah. beachy. So I, yeah, so no. I felt it yesterday, like for the first time in ages, because I haven't actually been like swimming. Yeah, 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 totally. No, that is true. I think when it comes to summer, everyone in Australia that you know, you're like, oh. Yeah. You've got a six pack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. It's just this shocking, like, you're just scrolling. Yeah. Like, wow, Everyone okay. needs to take one for the team and stop having a six pack just 100%. now. 100%. Feminism demands that you just stop having one. Yeah. <laughs> or wear a one piece. Um, did you listen to the Dailies podcast about Uber? No, I haven't yet. It's so interesting. So, you know, Uber is worth $68 billion. And they've never turned a profit. That's so weird. It's so weird. Wow. I was like, how is that possible? So basically what happened was the guy came up with the idea and his idea was get Uber in every single city, in every single country on the planet to the point where everyone just needs it in their lives to function and then raise the prices so that we make a profit. Like, that was his business model. So the idea was, like, when you're starting it, you need to make the prices so competitive that everyone switches onto Uber from taxis. Mm. And then once everyone's so addicted to Uber, you can raise the prices then, and then we start making a profit. But basically what's – and apparently that's a semi-normal thing to do. Like, Facebook, for example, didn't make money for the first however many years because they're like, we just need to make it so ubiquitous that everyone uses it, and then we'll figure out how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. And Amazon as well did something similar so it's not it's not a bad idea but it just they basically have just executed it really poorly there was all this weird sexual harassment stuff with their ceos their ceo had to leave and now someone new is in and they're losing five billion dollars a quarter or something but basically they were saying that the thing about uber is there's nothing that inspires loyalty and there's nothing about uber where you wouldn't just jump to another rideshare service if it was cheaper yeah, totally. Like, I don't even, I don't even use it here. I use Lyft. Everyone uses Lyft. Really, that's yeah. so interesting. I got a taxi yesterday, and it ended up being cheaper than an Uber. And because I, I actually hate Uber. <laughs> I hate taxis, but I hate taxis because I feel like I get really carsick in taxis, and I don't get carsick in Ubers. That's random. I feel like they're jolty when they drive. Mm. or something yeah. it's so weird something. i get like fully car second in most cabs it's <laughs> so random i know i feel like ubers i always order an uber and they literally just take ages to arrive and there'll be a taxi rank with 15 cars right in front of me yeah but the thing that i found very interesting about this the daily episode is i think it was amazon spawn con which is so crazy for the new york times what? so they're Yes, so this is like a red-hot story. I feel like I need to break this in like the new, like the Guardian or something. So I was listening to it and the guy was talking about the Uber business model and he said that anecdote about this is what Facebook did and this is what Amazon did. And then the ad was for Amazon Prime. And then they kept talking and there was a second ad for an Amazon Prime TV series. And then the guy who was being interviewed, who's in the New York Times tech reporter, he starts telling this story where he was like, you know, the thing with Uber is um, 
there's nothing about Uber that like makes me dedicated to Uber. Like it's just a service. He's like, whereas with Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime is a huge part of my life. Amazon is where I will go. I will never go to Walmart. I'll never go to blah, blah. I'll never go to thing. Like it is Amazon for me. Like they've created this amazing structure where they've got like warehouses and blah, blah. And he goes on and on about Amazon for like three minutes. And then my brain clicked together and I was like, oh my God, is this like a planted Amazon ad in the daily? That's so bad if it is. Yeah, for the New York Times, that's insane. That's so weird. And even if it isn't, to have it in an episode with Amazon ads is just a conflict of interest anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did you listen to the um, daily episode with the sisters, the young woman, about Gabrielle Epstein? So crazy. And all this Prince Andrew stuff is so nuts. Is it? I haven't read anything about it. About Prince Andrew? Yeah, like I know that his name has been mentioned, but I don't know anything about um, it. So the the most recent thing was one of the women, um, Virginia Guffrey, um, said in court last week that um, Epstein forced her to have sex with Prince Andrew on three occasions. (gasps) Yeah, so she's fully, when she was underage. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then that's the, wild. Yeah, and then the palace has been saying no, 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 repeatedly denying them, and then he's flown home from his um, holiday in Spain because it looks too bad for him to be holidaying while all this is happening, and then um, someone said to the Sun this week that um, so there's a photo of him with his arm around this girl when she's 17, and that horrific, horrific woman who worked for Epstein is standing behind smiling. It's like, Ugh. and then. Someone told the Sun that this uh, photo has been photoshopped, and the explanation is that in real life the prince's fingers are much chubbier than the ones in the photo, <laughs> and that his and that the, and that his hands look oddly red. So they think someone's mate like created this fo- fake photo. Talk um, about clutching at straws. Yeah, and she, the girl who claims that he had sex with her when she was underage spoke to reporters this week and was like, he knows exactly what he's done and he needs to come clean. Mm. I can't believe the palace are now in on, on like the whole Me Too. Yeah, I, it's crazy, right? The Queen's son. He's foul. Like, what was he doing? Like, why was he even no. in the US hanging out with all these gross billionaires? I know. Yuck. That, that episode of The Daily about those Epstein girls, I think it's kind of that thing where you can read a headline and know something is horrendous, but it takes hearing people's individual, like, mm. yeah. stories to really understand it. It was so, so, so upsetting. And so what gross. happened to them, it's also a, an amazing example of how what happened to them in the context of other Epstein victims wasn't so bad in terms of they were groped and forced to give him weird foot massages mm. and it was all just a bit creepy but it wasn't full-blown sexual assault or anything but that really messed them both up for their entire lives like it's been 24 years since it happened and they're both still so affected by it and one of them was going to be an artist and he kind of completely railroaded and ruined her art career um and it just shows you the level at which these things completely affect and ruin people's lives mm. And that's in context of what Jeffrey Epstein did. Like, he's a rapist, he's a pedophile. Like, in context of everything that he did, that's probably on the less 
bad quote unquote end of the spectrum and it's still so terrible yeah and so 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 many women would have been affected by him okay we're gonna wrap this up because it's eight o'clock on a saturday night in new york city i'm gonna go he's got town. places to be people to see she's looking very beautiful got your hoop earrings in oh, oh they're yours oh you gave these to me no they're yours yeah they belong to you now <laughs> cute and I've got the top on that you um, suggested I buy. Oh my god! No wonder I love this look so much. Sorry, <laughs> I'm wearing like I'm like amazing outfit, Isabel. Yeah, Grace is my personal shopper. <laughs> I need to start doing that as a job. I know. I love it so much though because you, I'll text you and you just know exactly what would look good and what wouldn't look good on my body. Whereas I'm just insane and I'll buy the dumbest stuff. Oh, also, this is a really funny anecdote. Quickly, but I. I have been doing lots of eBay shopping and I didn't realise that if you make an offer on something on eBay and they accept it, you have to buy it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I, like, just have woken up over the course of the last week and it's like, congratulations, you have won, blah, blah, please pay now. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, no. So now I've got, like, six random pairs of shoes that showed up at the office. And also, lol, I was going to put this in the podcast group, actually, but I forgot. Lol, you messaging me on Instagram yesterday and going, I'm not buying anything anymore. <laughs> And then you just told me this. <laughs> I was going to put it in the group. That's like, why. I yeah. bought all these accidental things that I was playfully bidding on as a fun joke. And then I was like, wait, fuck, no, oh no. Stupid eBay. Um, okay. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will chat to you next week from yes. London. Oh, my God. Izzy. I'll be in Sydney again. <laughs> Yet again. Yes. Yes, it's, yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.